Hey, what's up, everybody? We're in Masculine Underground Live. If you do catch the lives, you may notice that we're at a different time. Um, I wasn't available for our normal Sunday night talk because I was at a festival all weekend. I was at Jai Tap Festival, kind of like a mini Thailand Burning Man. Um, so yeah, I was not only at a festival, I was also, uh, my serotonin was in weird places. I wouldn't have been able to do a Masculine Underground Live at that point. But if you listen to this on the podcast or YouTube, it makes no difference because it's still coming out on Tuesday. And um, a couple of things happened over the weekend that I wanted to share. I had some interactions with guys that I think are relevant in regards to reality creation on topics that get thrown around a lot, like self-love and also filtering reality, which is a thing that I think happens a lot in like the more hippie side of personal development. And I want to speak on that. Um, and also the reason why I'm making this today on this Tuesday morning for me, is I had some really great coaching conversations with some clients this morning that also relate. I was actually going to save this till next week, but I wanted to make this now. Um, any announcements? Let me think. The only one is that I'm still doing the Camino de Santiago walk adventure in August. Um, it's going to be, I've decided I'm going to take the full month. I realize that makes it not available for most people, but honestly, I only have space for like five people and a couple of people have already verbally committed. So <clears throat> if you're interested in that, basically what we're doing, what I'm going to be doing is uh, walking across the Camino de Santiago in north of Spain. It's a pilgrimage that has some Catholic sites, but I'm not going for the Catholic purpose. There's also some hidden pre-Christian uh, symbols that I would call a journey into the anima throughout the pilgrimage. Um, we're learning about it as we go, but it's also going to be a coaching adventure. We're taking a small group of guys. We're going to have men's groups, not, maybe not every night, but something like that. I, I can see it. it's going to be a transform, transformative experience that I'm very excited for. And even if no one were to come, I'm still going to do it for myself because I think it's going to be awesome. So if you're interested in that, again, there's only a couple spots. So, And it's not for everyone because you, if you have a nine to five job and you can't take a month off, it's just not going to work for you. So it's really not for everybody. But um, if you're interested in that, you can go to ruando.com slash coaching dash application just fill out the form as if you're applying for coaching, but put in the notes that you're interested in the Camino de Santiago pilgrimage into the dark feminine. Should be fantastic. I'm very excited for it. We'll also be working out and doing various things I'd want to do. All right. So today's topic, uh, while I was, I wasn't on drugs at this point, but throughout the weekend, there was a lot of MDMA and things like that going around. Basically, if you've never been to a festival, there's a lot of people, mostly like a hippier type of thing, but lots of workshops and open communication and people working on themselves, also dancing and partying and all that stuff too. And one afternoon, I think it was like on the Sunday or Saturday afternoon, I found myself like on a circle of rocks with a bunch of people and uh, girls and guys, it was a small group, but they were focusing on this one guy. I think he was like 25 years old. He was a digital nomad. I think he had some online business. He was doing all right. Um, guys, very similar to myself uh, a few years ago when I was his age, very four-hour work week, productivity mindset focused, but he was having like this kind of existential crisis of like, he was realizing whether I accomplished my goals or not, I still feel unfulfilled and still feel unhappy, which I think is a, a thing that a lot of people experience, particularly masculine-minded people and men experience a lot. Uh, we're raised to like, go out like trying to accomplish goals and they don't always feel good. Not that goal accomplishment isn't important, but um, he, was, he was recognizing in himself, this is before, these people, they're all on various substances and 
all open communicating and they were all talking about self-love girls and guys and like he was like yeah i don't love myself i realized i don't love myself and no matter what i do i feel unfulfilled and maybe there's reasons for that with his parents like uh he actually said that he had great parents and that they loved him so much that he realized that because they unconditionally loved him he never actually learned how to love himself we can dig into that but that's not the purpose of today's video it was something that happened in that conversation. We we're calling it like the Pentagon of intensity because there's five people speaking to that guy. Um, and the girls in the group kept saying stuff like they're trying to help him love himself, right? Self-love is a term that gets thrown around a lot in like healing in the healing side or hippier side of personal development. And um, a lot of the women were saying like, oh, uh, tell us some things you like about yourself or tell us some great qualities or describe yourself in a positive way or they're saying things like, oh, be gentle with yourself and make sure you nurture yourself today and stuff like that. And that's like very resonant to most women. Like any woman I've seen hear things like that, that, that really touches most women. Like, yes, like that's what they need. And there's various reasons for that. Cultural things about how women uh, maybe put extra pressure on themselves to be both successful in the masculine world and still connect to the feminine. It's like very nurturing for women, but it doesn't really resonate for most men. And it didn't really resonate for this guy. And I was, I, I come into the group later, so I didn't really say anything for a while. And that is throughout like the one thing that I say to every guy when it comes to self-love, which is a simple phrase, self, I got your back. And that landed for him, which is why I want to share with you. It's like, it's something I share with a lot of my clients and, you know, I've had other I think it's something specific to men. It's like a, it's a more masculine statement because when people, especially in like the hippier side of personal, I keep saying hippie because that's the space I was in the last weekend. And I think this is like that side of personal development really like champions this kind of feminine side of self-love or feminine approach to self-actualization, which is totally fine. I just think something that's a little more resonant for men doesn't get spoken about a lot, which is I have your own back because any guy can recognize on some level that just saying nice things to yourself is kind of empty. I, at least I shouldn't say speak for all men, right? But masculine minded people, people, I, I'll speak for myself and, and guys like me and guys that I know, a lot of men are like, yeah, I mean, just telling myself you're beautiful, you're confident, you're smart, like some part of it doesn't land. And there's a very specific reason for that. Functionally as men, you know, the reason why men and women are sexually, the reason why humans have sexual dimorphism, the reason why men and women are, are structurally different and uh, neurologically different is that we do have different functions, at least, at least uh, back in the day before civilization, there was uh, different functions for men and women in a given tribe, right? For a man, uh, it's not actually useful to, to paint a positive spin on everything uh, you know, without discrimination, like to just say like, no matter what, you're great. Like the whole participation trophy culture has been damaging to my generation and younger, but it's specifically been damaging to men. I think one of the major reasons why so many guys my age and younger, let's say guys born 1980 and, and younger and later uh, have so many issues is that this has been so damaging to our our biology, our, our brains, our nervous systems are wired to be very brutally honest with ourselves about success and failure. Why? Because, let's say pre-agriculture, a young human male who thinks that no matter what happens, everything's going to be okay, is going to get eaten by a tiger. He's going to uh, he's going to um, you know fail in battle. He's going to fail in the sexual marketplace. At some point, he's not going to get chosen. His genes are not going to get passed on. If you're a woman, it's a little different because 
a, a human womb, a, a woman's reproductive system is valuable no matter what. There's actually this is a bit of a biological aside. Uh, throughout mammals, I think, it's certainly throughout primates, but I believe it's throughout mammals and true in humans as well. Um, uh, people who are born lower status, this is very true in chimpanzees. If you're born to a low status mother, you are far more likely to be born female. If you're born to a high status mother, and this is a ch chimpanzees, I'm, I'm mentioning mothers because in the chimpanzee power structure, um, it's a lot, a lot of it is based on the mother's value. Like the alpha females children get way more um, benefits in food and sexual value and authority and stuff like that. Whereas the lower status women, their children don't have as much um, value. Someone just, um, someone just commented on the live feed. Totally agree. Failure not being perfect, not being able to find a partner. Using yeah, okay, yeah, great, awesome. Um, and um, so basically, this is all biology, right? It's nothing to do with human culture or our beliefs or constructs or anything like that. Uh, if you are born low status. Uh, you're, it's way better to be, in terms of game theory, it's way better to be female because if you're born low status, no matter what, you will procreate and your genes would pass on. But if you're born, if you're born low status and you're a, a male, no one's going to sleep with you, right? In chimpanzee culture, there's not a lot of uh, mobility in terms of your status. So if your mother is low status and you're you're a, a low status boy, you're not gonna you're not gonna procreate probably. If you're a high status boy. Oh, sorry, if you're a high status child, it's a lot more effective to be a boy because you'll have a lot of experiences with a lot of, you'll pass on a lot of genes. Whereas if you are a, a high status female, there's not a lot of benefit because you're still only going to have one child per mating season, right? Uh, scientific aside, but this is why I, it, it, there is a huge difference because obviously humans are different than chimpanzees. We do have social constructs, both in positive and negative ways, but I, uh, with men, there is like the, the ability to be successful has a huge difference on, on a genetic level. Whereas if you're a female, at least genetically, at least pre-civilization, no matter what, you're going to pass on your genes. That's why this is so different, which is why for a man to look in the mirror and just say, you are smart, you are handsome, you're awesome. It's really not effective. And actually another side, which I think is really important. I used to have a blog with um, a female friend of mine. I introduced her, this was, this was many years ago, I was a different person, but we were, I was introducing her to the whole pickup, pickup artist community and she thought it was really interesting and she was like, how come women don't have a pickup artist community? How come there's no pickup artist community for women? So she and I started a very short-lived blog where we basically taught pickup skills to, to women. It didn't go very far, but we did do some interesting things and one thing we did was we ran a study where it was a two-question survey. We asked men and women of various ages one, do you think you're attractive? And two, how do you know? Every single person who answered said, yes, I think I'm attractive. Kind of understandable. It's been, this is, I forget what it's called in psychology, but um, everyone assumes they're a little better than average, which is impossible, right? Not everyone can be better than average, but it's an assumption and that's, that's totally normal. Um, what was interesting and normal and well-documented, what was interesting in our study and our, our survey was that um, men and women answered differently. Every woman said, yes, I think I'm attractive, and I think I'm attractive because I just feel it. Like, I look at myself, I can see I'm beautiful, I just believe that I'm attractive. This is, that was the second question, how do you know? Every guy instead would say, yes, I think I'm attractive, but I know, and they would mention objective markers from the outside world, like, um, I know I'm attractive because more than half the time when I ask a woman out, she says yes, or I know I'm attractive because when I look at a room, if I look at someone, I, I can see that she looks back at me. Like 
guys of various attractiveness levels all would have an external reason for why. And then this is this this points to something very important about male and female psychology is that results matter. Competition and the possibility of success and failure matters. So we're going back to this story with like this guy having this ex existential crisis. How do I learn to love myself? The women are saying, just be nice to yourself, get a massage, do nice things. Like that might be great for women. Doesn't work for most men, right? The thing that made a breakthrough for him was like, hey, I got your back. And the reason why this statement is so powerful is that it takes the emphasis away from what's going on the outside because no matter what, if you are, if you are actually living your life as a man, you're throwing yourself into, into conflict. If you're taking on challenges in business, in love, in relationships, in life, you're fighting for a cause, you're leading a family, you're leading a team, there's always going to be success and failure. There's no way that if you're actually living your life, if you're actually living on the edge, if you're actually doing, if you're actually listening to your instincts, are you going to succeed every time? Nobody makes every shot. You've heard all that stuff. All, you can fill in your cliches. Nobody wins every game, whatever, right? But the difference between a guy who's learned that emotional security, who's become resilient, who's learned how to love himself in a very practical way, not in just like, oh, you're good no matter what, Timmy. He's like, no, Timmy, Timmy, you suck sometimes. And that's okay. But the difference between hating yourself and like self-loathing and like, you know, shrinking yourself. And obviously because self-loathing isn't beneficial to anybody. If you, if you keep, if you keep yelling at yourself, like you suck, you got to do better. It's going to be very hard for you to actually do better. The thing that has you do better, the, the thing that has you resilient in the face of success and failure and has you, gives you the courage to take on bigger and bigger challenges is to talk to yourself in a positive way and not of just like, you're, Timmy, you're good no matter what. It's Timmy, whether you succeed or fail, I got your back. And this is something you say to yourself, right? And if you're one of those people who's like, what do you mean talking to yourself? I'm not multiple people. Maybe the whole archetypal psychology thing doesn't you know, resonate with you, fine. But if you can have self-loathing, if you can be rude to yourself, then you also can be nice to yourself. And it's not being nice again for the sake of being nice of like, you know, jerking yourself off. It's like, no matter what, I'm on your team. Because the worst thing that can ever happen to you, the reason why a lot of people end up in these existential crises where they become so externally motivated and so dependent on what other people say about them or what, like what the results of, their, of the, the, their actions are, is that it, 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 it frames, people frame it as if, if this thing doesn't happen for me on the outside, then self, you fucking suck. And then like, and then they just say like terrible things like, why'd you do that? Why'd you say that? Why'd you post that social media thing? That was stupid, right? As opposed to being like, you know what? This thing didn't land. That thing you wrote, no one liked it. This business venture, okay, you made some bad decisions, but I'm still on your team. And if you can still be on your own team, you will be okay and you will no longer depend on the outside. doesn't mean that the outside doesn't matter because as a man, it absolutely matters. We are, we are genetically wired to give a shit about the results of our actions. That's the only way we're valuable to society, to ourselves, to relationships, anything. But you have to remain on your own team. Which brings us to the second part of this, which I'm calling driving your own bus. Uh, the reason why I decided to make this video today as opposed to waiting till next week was that I had some really two really important conversations with clients in various different situations. One's a younger guy. He's single. Um, he's dealing with like certain types of uh, shame around women. And another guy, he's a little older. He's going through a divorce. Uh, and actually, their situations don't matter. I just brought them up because they're very different guys. But the same thing came up in both conversations where – 
they both had a habit of letting other people uh, drive their bus. Actually, I, talk, I talked to a third guy also who is in between their ages, and um, he's he's been a work he's he's worked for the man his entire life. He's like taking this venture into entrepreneurship for the first time, and he's very afraid because his entire life he's he's worked for many years. He's always had other people control his time. The other two guys, they've always had women dictate or their parents dictate what they did. Actually, uh, the younger guy was telling me um, the, the something happened with his mom, actually. like He's an adult, but he's younger. And he was saying like his mom wants him to do something and he, he really wants to do something else, but he was kind of trying to like avoid the subject. It, uh, it had to do with politics. I'm not going to get into the, the details, but like um, he was trying to make excuses why he wasn't doing this uh, that, this thing that his mom wanted to do. He's an adult male. He's an adult human being. His mom wants to do this thing. He doesn't want to do it. And he was trying to make excuses like, oh, I didn't have time to do it. I didn't, you know, there's some this other reason. It's like, no, no, you need to tell your mom specifically that you don't want to do it because it goes against your values because even whether or not you're, you do it doesn't actually matter. That What matters is that you are allowing the reality where someone else controls your reality. And this is huge. Because I'll, I'll go into the specifics again in a sec, but like, a, and this is something we talk about in the archetype class, uh, in like the section on dominance. Uh, real quick, like when I talk about dominance, I'm not talking about like shitting on people or uh, you know overriding people just to swell your ego or to oppress people or anything like that. Dominance is a virtue. It's a specifically masculine virtue. And any woman who dates men who's honest with herself and honest with people will say like. I like it when a guy takes the lead sometimes, maybe not all the time, but most of the time in a sexually polarized situation, most straight women appreciate when a man makes decisions, uh, when a man takes the lead, even if he doesn't really know where they're going. Uh, this is something my girlfriend tells me all the time. Like, I know you don't know what we're doing or where we're going all the time, but like, I feel good when you, you are confident in what you'll figure it out. Right. This is a gift that the masculine gives the feminine. It's a, it's a very testosterone driven virtue relates to a lot of the things we're speaking about. And, and the big thing here is like, if you let other people direct drive your, if you think of like your life, you're, you're driving through life on this bus, like you're on a bus, right? Uh, if you let other people direct where your bus goes, if you let other people drive your bus, you are still a child. Psychologically, you're still a child. If your parents, I mean, with employers is a little different because they control your money. But if you're letting other people, if you're letting your spouse, your, your partner, your girlfriend, your friends, the expectations of your community direct where your bus goes, you are not living your own life as a man. You are actually behaving as a child. And like a lot of people, I mean, this is one example with um, uh, uh, there's so many people who are adults and they still let their uh, parents or their parents' expectations direct their life, right? And then they complain that their their parents don't respect them or treat them right. This is actually something that's fully within your control. It's the willingness to walk away and the willingness to be like, listen, uh, this is what I'm doing. I'm not trying to oppress you or, or do anything. This is what I feel is right. I'm going to drive my bus this way, and you're welcome to come along. And in a, in a romantic relationship, this is a huge gift you can give feminine people if you date feminine people, right? Most feminine people will feel relief and appreciation, maybe not consciously, but at least subconsciously that you are driving the bus and they can join the bus and they can also get off the bus if you're driving the bus in a direction that they don't want. And this is the thing I was speaking to the to the guy who's uh, he's divorced and he's, he's starting to date for the first time and he's got all this weird stuff because he's been married for so long. 
um, around like, is it okay to like just to, to sleep with her and not commit? Like he has like all this guilt, like all this nice guy stuff. And I told him like, you don't have to make her do anything you don't want to do. But it's really important, especially in the, in the situation you're in, that you do what's right for you, what you feel is right for you, and give her the freedom to join or not. So in his situation, it's, I need to be free right now. I need to do what I want. I need to explore myself and, and you know, uh, explore what's fun for me and enjoyable and fulfilling to me. And you can be a part of this. And if you don't want to be a part of this, it's not right for you. You also have the freedom to, to be off. Even if it's not what she wants to hear, she will respect it. Because it gives her freedom and it gives her clarity and, and she can be in her feminine state knowing that this other person, my client in this situation, uh, uh, is very clear on where the bus is going, right? She could be on it or not. Same thing with the other guy who is speaking to his mother, right? His mother is going to push back because she wants him to do such and such with his life and he wants to do something else. But if he, if he, not, it's not about standing up to her. It's not about being angry. It's about being like, mom, I hear what you're saying. You can believe that, but I'm going this way. You can agree with me or not, but I'm going this way. I'm not trying to force you to do anything. I'm just going this way because this is what's right. She's probably going to push back and get upset, but it's kind of a test as a man of going from a boy to, boy psychology to man psychology where you're like, um, it's, it doesn't matter what you guys want or think is right. I'm doing what's right for me, and I'm not going to be affected by that. It's not being about being a hard ass for no reason. It's that you're giving the other people the opportunity to accept or reject who you really are. It goes back to the winning or losing thing, right? His mom might get upset with him. And part of being a man is like, okay, my mom, who's also an adult human being, sees things differently and she doesn't like it and she's upset and that's okay. I'm still going to go with this because in almost every situation where you're talking about a parental relationship, a romantic relationship, this happens a lot when with, with a group of friends, when one guy's like, hey, I want to change my life and live a more exciting life. His like the whole uh, the whole crabs in a barrel thing like all his friends like like no like you know like they'll make fun of him or they'll try to drag him back down. It's kind of a normal human behavior, but part of his test is like, can I actually face this negativity or this conflict and still do my own thing without getting upset? Um, and that's how you know that you're actually being a sovereign human being. And for for you to be a good husband, boyfriend, I mean, I don't have kids, but I'll say good father, good leader of a team. You have to be willing to do that because if you're constantly listening to the other crabs in the barrel, uh, you're not driving the bus and you're not you're not actually fulfilling your role. Because like going back to the chimpanzee thing, human beings are like our status in society and our value to society is not based on the status of our mother, right? As human beings, we have a lot of mobility. As men, we have a lot of mobility in like where we fall in in the hierarchy of, of value or value to society forget about hierarchy just like how how important we are valuable we are to society which relates to the benefits we get in business and relationships and all that part of being valuable is being able to assert your own reality so i want to go back i want like this relates to back to the self-love thing and filtering your reality because when a lot of people speak about self-love in like the more healing, soft side of personal development. They're like, I mean, this this was this came across a lot in the law of attraction thing or positive thinking. Like, no, anything anything that happens, you just got to put a positive spin on it. Like, anything that's negative, you just ignore it and like just like believe in the positive thing. And like, the truth is like that's just like kind of a naive way to live. Not that it's bullshit because there's some truth in it, but I want to be very clear. It's not about like just painting everything rosy because like if there's something bad you have to deal with, you got to deal with it, right? The difference is uh, you don't 
indulge in anything that is variable that's going to drag you down. So I'm going to bring another example because this came up recently in my social life. Um, had this uh, conflict with some people that I'm close with and um, happened to be like feminine people, like very in their emotions, totally cool. And there was some, and this, this happens a lot in relationships where someone, especially when they're upset, when they're hurt or something, they'll start to throw out ideas or concepts or perceptions of reality that are variable. So like, just to be clear of what I mean, like, uh, like this being a cup is not variable. It's a cup. It's got water in it for, for me to be like, no, it's not water. It's gold. That'd be ridiculous. Right. That would be totally off base because material reality is not up for debate. Right. As far as we can see, right. So far as we can perceive, but something of like, this is a nice cup or, this is a positive relationship or uh, these people are out to get me. I mean, a lot of basically what a delusion is, is a, a subjective reality that is super far off base. And when it comes to a lot of things, when it comes to political ideologies, when it comes to perceptions of culture, when it comes to perceptions of what's good or bad or positive or negative or beneficial or not, uh, that is very variable. So as a masculine pole in a, in a social situation where people are throwing out like here's a, here's a very simple thing. Like in any in any uh, cooperative or collective, it's it, it is kind of cult psychology, but hopefully you use it for good. If there's ever like a perception that everyone in this team is out to get each other, like it's dog eat dog, wherever, like whether it's a work team or or a relationship or a family or roommates or anything like that, if you have this perception, no matter what, that's going to be damaging to the group. The group is not going to work very well. And if you're in some way charge of a group or if you're the masculine pole in the group or if you have any sort of influence in the group uh, and there's this, this part of reality where people are like, we're all out to get each other, that is not – that's like something that you have to like kind of nip in the bud because if that, if that, if that reality grows, it has to be – it's going to destroy the group. So in, in the situation I was talking about, like it was really important to always go back to compassion and that things are actually okay. I don't know. I mean, I know I'm, I'm jumping around because I, I have all these examples and I'm trying to tie them together without going too deep into the actual examples. Um, but this is a, a masculine virtue of filtering reality, not to paint everything rosy, to be very clear. So like I'll bring us back with uh, the client I have who's going through a divorce. His his soon to be ex-wife is is like throwing out a lot of negative things and like he was actually coming at the divorce in a very peaceful way of like, we're going to split our assets very cleanly. And she's feels, she feels upset. So she's like trying to get like lawyers into it and trying to make this very painful. And it's very, it's very emotionally challenging on him, obviously. Right. And what I kept telling him is like, she is going to flail back and forth. She's a very feminine human being. You can validate her emotions, but it's really important that you do not let her drive the bus. And in this case, it's the bus of the entire family's reality, right? She's like introducing, not because she's a bad person, but because she's, this is how she deals with her stress. Just throwing out and all these things like, oh, we need to lawyer up. We need to fight each other. We need to, we need to like split the kids and fight over the kids. Like that's not a reality you want to entertain or even let be in the, in the field. So I told him, like, I actually gave him the assignment. Like, I want you to very specifically write out the reality that you intend a reality where you and your ex-wife are still friends or you and your ex-wife are raising your kids together, where the divorce goes smoothly, because that's very variable. That's something that's not that's not material. And basically, depending on how everyone perceives the reality, that's how it's going to be. 
So him as the masculine pole is, is really important for you to be like, okay, the reality that's going to happen is that we're going to have a peaceful divorce and still be friends. And anything else that comes into the field that's not in line with this very subjective reality, you ignore, you delete it, and you keep asserting, you know what, we're getting divorced, but we still love each other. This applies to any social situation. And, and bringing us back to the original part of self-love or love in general, when, when shit happens in your life, whether it's with people or events or whatever, it's not beneficial, especially to a man, to be like, oh, this thing happened. Oh, no, it didn't actually happen. Something else happened because that's delusion. Like if you failed at something, you failed at something. But there's a difference between being you failed at something and therefore you are a loser, speaking to yourself, right? That is a subjective perception. That is a negative perception. That is not the reality that anybody should live in. That's something you have to delete, whether it's coming from the outside world because your friends are shit-talking you, your parents are talking to you, or your ex is shit-talking you, like that, all of that stuff, we're deleting it. The reality that we're accepting, the reality that we're filtering is, yes, this material thing happened, it didn't go well, it, it was a failure, or it was a success or whatever, but you know what? I still have your back, self. Things are going to be okay, we're going to figure this out. Whether you're speaking to yourself, or you're speaking to your romantic partner, or speaking to your family, or speaking to your team, that is a huge gift you are giving the unit, whether it's you yourself or the super organism of people that you are leading or in charge of or in some way involved in. And that is the difference between being delusionally positive and actually loving yourself and having your back and directing your reality, whether it's your individual reality or a group of people towards a positive end. Um, yeah, reality creation. Uh, I think that's all I got. I have other stories, but uh, oh, it looks like we got some comments. Someone said, I feel like the word self-love means so many different things depending on the circumstance or situation. Having your own back is good too, but honestly, I think having the courage to go out and ask someone whether they got your back seems equally important. Uh, I feel like uh, by definition, because it's your unconscious, you have the courage yeah, I think that's practical. I mean, he's basically saying it's important for other people to have your back too. What I'm saying is there are many things you can't control and you can't always control people having your back or supporting you. It's important to have positive relationships and be on a team and to know who you can trust and all that stuff. But at the end of everything, you're going through reality as your own consciousness, right? Like uh, you, if you, if you, if you overly depend on other people, you're setting yourself up for the possibility of being let down or betrayal, right? Like it's not to say that you should be an isolated individual that's always like on edge, like who's going to screw me over. It's important to like have people you can depend on, be in a partnership or a relationship, have friends, be on a team you can depend on. But also it's like, even if all of these people blow up, die off, go to jail, betray me, fail because they, because of their own shortcomings, you still have yourself. And that's the difference between being externally focused and actually having internal locus of control where no matter what, you're going to figure things out. Even if the worst happens, your, your wife cheats on you, your business partner screws you over, you still have yourself and you and yourself can figure things out. And when it comes to leading a team, a family a relationship, that has to happen first before you can effectively have other people depend on you. Obviously, in a relationship partnership, there's interdependence. You're depending on each other. But if you can't, if you can't have your own back, you can't really have other people's backs in an effective way. Um, 
takes vulnerability to someone else said, uh, it takes vulnerability to tell someone you need to watch over you in toxic masculine culture. Father figures are people that stand behind them are actually punishing and not really watching men's backs. Totally. Which is why, again, I mean, I, I think a lot of the, well, I, I don't like to use the word toxic masculinity, but we'll, we'll go with it. Like a lot of, uh, there's a lot of covert contracts in a very negative way in, uh, let's say father figures being like, and I, I mean, I'm actually, I'm not even going to go into my personal life, but uh, where father figures like, uh, well, I put food on your table, then you must do everything I say. You know, I, I supported you. I, I, you know, I brought you into this world. I could take you out kind of thing. Like, you know, I, I yeah, I supported you. So you have to like, that is not positive masculinity, positive masculinity or positive fatherhood is like, I'm supporting you because I love you. Um, I have your back if you need my support and be well, live your life. And maybe you, you jump in and it's like, uh, you know, I think, uh, son, I think you're, you're going the wrong direction or, or t- to your friend. I think this is, this is how it goes, but you need the, you need the freedom of like, you need to in the same way that you want other people to give you the freedom to drive your own bus. There is a point where you let other people drive their own bus. And even if you're in a relationship with someone again, like with a situation where you want one thing and you're the person you're relating with or dating wants something else. It's like, this is the direction I want to go. This is the direction I think is best for both of us, but I'm not going to force you into doing what I say just because of anything. All right, that's not really watching someone else's back. Um, someone asked, yes, I've heard of nonviolent communication. He asked me if I have heard of nonviolent communication. I have mixed feelings about nonviolent communication. I think it's um, it really means well, and I think it's really effective for some people. It's, it's certainly better than violent communication. It's certainly better than uh, dumping your shit on people. I mean... Uh, just like the whole practice of being of owning your own feelings and letting people know how you feel in response to a situation is really great. So I believe in that. I believe in nonviolent communication as a concept. I think I'm very critical of a lot of self-help cultures of like how certain things become dogmatized because sometimes in my experience, people I've met who teach nonviolent communication, not everybody, but some people are like, um, kind of defer responsibility or like become overly soft. Like there's something, uh, there's like a masculine edge that I think is missing sometimes in like NVC communities. Whereas like, I think, you know, in, in the types of men's groups I like to attend, uh, there is space to just like tell it how it is. Like what you said pissed me off. Let's talk about it. I'm not going to ostracize you or punch you in the face just because what you said pissed me off. But let's talk about how I'm pissed off as opposed to like, when you said this thing, it made me feel, you know, such and such, you know, like I, I think sometimes that can become a little fake. Um, what's up, Bobbin? Nice to see you guys. I guess maybe is this a better time uh, than our normal Sunday night time? I don't know. We can talk about that later. Uh, let me just make sure I didn't miss anything. Talked about self-love. I got your own back. Masculine self-love is different because results matter differently for men than for women biologically, but also in today's society, maybe on a, to a different degree, but it's still true. Um, filter reality is different than painting everything positively. Part of the masculine role in any polarized situation is that you are asserting the reality. And um, let me just see if I missed anything from my, my quick examples. Uh, oh, actually, this is, this is a bit of a side topic. It's very related when it comes to shame, anger, and indifference. When someone, a lot, of, a lot of our issues when it comes to like reacting poorly to social situations, getting flustered, becoming ungrounded, acting out of fear, whatever, like, you know, things that we don't like, a lot of it comes from shame. 
especially with men. And a lot of men, especially when they start to develop or seek their own self-actualization, their individuation, they can recognize, oh, I have shame around sex, I have shame around this, I have shame around money. We all have things that we've, nobody's perfect, right? Uh, and you know that you have grown, not because you've had uh, some crazy transformational moment, right? In Quintus, I have Dave Buddha has a great article about how a lot of people go to workshops and they... They, they on you know Sunday night they had this huge high from the workshop. I mean they learned some cool stuff or they had some deep connection of vulnerability. And like wow, I'm transformed. I'm a different person. And like that should be the truth. Like I I'm I so I teach workshops. I have courses. But the truth is like no one actually has sustainable growth after one moment. Right. The best I've had some amazing coaching sessions with the clients where they feel change. But I'll even tell them like listen, you can have all the aha moments you want. No one transforms in a, in, a, in a moment, right? You might have an epiphany that sends you in a different direction, but you know that you've changed when you start to respond to old situations in a new way. That's the only way you know that you've changed, and that doesn't happen overnight. It could happen in a short, relatively short amount of time, but it happens like through constant practice. And like, uh, so going back to the self-love and how this ties together, when you've reacted to situations out of shame, like... Uh, whether it's like a simple fear-based thing and you didn't, you didn't speak up when you meant to speak up or you you uh, uh, were hostile to someone that you care about by accident or you felt embarrassed or, or, or shat on you or you started to self-loathe in a situation that like, whoa, like you didn't need to be, there's never a reason to be self-loathing, but you had some sort of reaction like that. You know that you've now grown a level and you no longer have that self-loathing or shameful response. But like there's a stage that most people get into where instead of like being like, let me think of a specific example. Like um, let's say a guy has sexual shame. Instead of being like, uh, instead of feeling like uh, down on himself when, he, when, he, when a, a sexual desire is exposed, I see this a lot in the pickup industry. And like almost the entire red pill community is, is full of this response where they go to anger. Like they go from shame into anger where they're like, Anybody who shames me is a fucking asshole. They're, they're the enemy, and they go into this whole thing. I mean, I said this client recently. He's had this specific sexual shame. Anytime someone would speak about um, – actually, I'm not going into the, the details, but uh, he noticed recently that instead of feeling ashamed of himself, he got angry at the person who brought up this shame. And that's, like, that's again, kind of a – I don't want to say – it's like a typical response, right? Used to feel inwardly loathing. You grow a little bit, now you feel outwardly loathing. And a lot of – People get stuck there. I think a lot of social justice warriors get stuck in like they used to feel ashamed about this thing. They shouldn't have felt ashamed about it. It's important for them to stop feeling ashamed. But now they're directing all their anger outwards instead of inwards. And that's also not healthy. It's kind of a transitional point for a lot of people. You know that you have fully gotten over a certain issue when you no longer direct your anger inwards, you no longer direct your anger outwards, but instead you're like, oh, okay, that's just a thing. You've reached indifference or um, not apathy. But like, but equanimity is the word. You can just react to something purely. So I'll go to this example that my younger client had with his mom. His mom wants him to do a certain thing. In the past, he's cowered. He's become ashamed and just gone along with it. More recently, he's uh, reacted to like trying to stand up to her, like getting angry with her. Like, you got to stop controlling my life, blah, blah, blah. But that's also a kind of a child behavior, right? Like only a child yells at his mom. Right, an adult male who's sovereign and healthy and fully over whatever issue it is can be yelled at by his mom or yelled at by a lover or yelled at by a boss and be like, "Okay, I mean, 
I see it differently. I'm going to go do this thing that I think is right, but you do you. And when you can react to, to, to hostility like that, you know that you're fully gone with that situation. Uh, you're fully complete with that given situation because you may have heard this before. It's kind of a cliche. Like we judge in others what we judge in ourselves. So like if you see someone, I, I'm guilty of this. Like every time I've grown to identify myself like, oh, it's bad to feel sexual shame or it's bad to feel money shame or it's bad to be resentful of people. Ironically, sometimes I would, I, I honestly, I still do this a little bit where I see someone who's resentful to other people and be like, you know, fuck that person for being resentful. Fuck that person for not being compassionate, right? And you can see the irony in that, right? Like I'm lacking compassion for this person for not being compassionate. I had a lot of stuff with my dad with that. I would always yell at him for, for not letting me have my own views. But I myself was guilty of yelling at him for having his views as opposed to just being like, okay, dad, like you feel that way. Great. I mean, a lot of people criticize me for a lot of things with most things I can react now. Uh, hopefully as, as far as, as I can be aware of, I can react, um, be like, okay, that's how you feel. And that's when you know that you're done with a given situation. Relates back to self-love because ultimately the only thing you can really control, the only relationship you have full control over is relationship you have with yourself. Driving your own bus is critically important for being in the masculine pole in any situation, whether with yourself in the world, in a relationship with a feminine person, being head of a household, being a father in a family, being a leader of a team, all this stuff is very important. Um, so yeah, I got your own back. Most magical phrase, most important phrase for any man with his internal relationship, I think. Um, unless there's any other live comments, questions, I'm just going to go into our last announcements. Um, as always, the Mask and Archetype class is available at rwando.com slash archetype. Um, the, my archive of uh, content is available for free at rwando.com. You just put in your email. Um, I'm very slowly adding all of my archives of video footage there. So they're not all there yet, but they will be very shortly. Um, and then the Camino de Santiago pilgrimage is happening August 1st, August 31st. I'm taking the entire month of August to go on this pilgrimage um, by foot across northern Spain. It's also going to be a coaching adventure where we, uh, where I take a small group of people. There's a couple guys coming already um, where we're basically going to do the pilgrimage together where every day we're going to walk, we're going to eat, we're going to enjoy Spain, we're going to meet people, we're going to talk to people. We're also going to do um, group coaching throughout the day, throughout the evenings, because um, as much as I enjoy all this online stuff, and obviously, you know, my most of my work is online, I do personally miss uh, individual interaction. I think there's certain things you can only get in interaction. And I think specifically for men, there's a lot that... Um, I've talked about this before. Masculine vulnerability is different than feminine vulnerability. It's not about just dumping out your feelings. Talking about your feelings is important at times, but also doing something is important, which is why I'm so excited for this Camino de Santiago trip. And we have a couple spots left. If you're interested, um, you can just apply on my coaching application page and just put in the notes that you're interested in the Camino. The URL for that is ruando.com slash coaching dash application. Fill out the questions because I want to get to know you. Obviously, you know, this is, Really not for everybody, um, but if you're interested in the Camino, we will have a short chat. We'll see if it's uh, the right fit. It's not particularly expensive in case you're, you're wondering, but we talk about the details on that as well. It is a full month, so you can't have a day job if you're, uh, 
you could, anyway, we'll talk about the details. If, you, if you're interested and you think you can make it work, just apply on my website and um, we'll talk about it and we'll see if it's feasible or not. Um, unless there's any last questions, I'm going to sign off. Thanks for being with me here on this uh, not usual time. Um, and if you're listening to the recording, thanks for listening. I appreciate your everything. All right. See you later, guys.